0: Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at CelebrationChurchLive.com. We are in the third week of a series we've simply titled Unalone. And it's amazing how in our interconnected world... Then I'm telling you, it is just it is just wild that with just these little devices we keep in our pockets and purses that we're able to stay connected with people all over the place. But at the same time, in our culture, in our society, you pull people and you'll find that so many people feel so alone they can have tons of Facebook friends and Twitter connections and all of this different stuff on the, the Usnap and the Insta stream and all that fun stuff. And, uh, and, and they have all of those different things with all of the connections. But when it's all said and done and they turn the little screen off, there's this sense of aloneness. And that just shouldn't be. And so what I want us to do is to look at the scriptures today because we're going to look at Paul and how even though he didn't have a telephone, he didn't have anything to be able to stay connected, he still felt connected with people he hadn't seen in years. And there's something different than just being able to shout out and send an emoji and, and like somebody's post that makes us be genuinely together. See, God created life to be lived and enjoyed with others. We want that. That's why we have the little, all the little apps on our phone. We kind of know we ought to be connected with people. We ought to be doing this. There's something that should be meaningful in this. We keep <coughs> jumping off from Ephesians chapter 3. So let's look at verse 16. Paul writes and says, I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being." So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Love is the key here. Everything that has to do with relationships, everything, love comes back to it. You can't get away from that. That being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's (coughs) holy people to grasp how wide and long and high And deep is the love of Christ. To see and experience how far it goes. I've experienced to a certain place how wide and deep and long and wonderful is the love of Christ. But guess what? Your experience is different than my experience. And you've seen God show up in your time of need different than I've seen God show up in my time of need. And together now we get together and we lock arms and we, we do this thing called fellowship. And all of a sudden now your experience becomes my experience. We have this shared thing that now I begin to see the bigness and the glory of God in a deeper way. This is why our testimonies are so important. They're so important. You need to talk about what God has done and is doing in your life. It is selfish for us to have God doing amazing things in our lives and for us to keep it to ourselves. Why? Because somebody needs to hear it. Somebody is in the middle of their darkness that you've already walked through that dark moment and say, guess what? God carries you into the light and they need your story. They need your testimony of what God does to help them in their moment. How beautiful is it if we're able to to go through and to lock arms? We used to, to go to Enchanted Rock a whole lot. And there in Enchanted Rock, there's this thing they call a cave. It's, it's more like just a fissure that everything's kind of falling up on itself. But you can enter in one side and go out the other. And it's, it's a ton of fun. So everybody calls it the snake hole. You hike to the top of Enchanted Rock and you go through the snake hole. And, and you <coughs> typically not everyone would go up there with a flashlight. So some people didn't know it was there. So you have somebody at the front and somebody at the back. And typically who you want at the front is someone who's been through the snake hole before. Why? Because then all the people behind say, okay, we're not just leading me down into the depths of hell here. We're actually going to come out on the other side. And so, and there's some little moments we got to step across a little crevice, and it can be a little creepy for those that don't like those moments, but every time somebody, inevitably, somebody begins to freak out. You start hearing the... (laughs) You hear back there, and then you kind of have to say, no, guess what? I've been through this before. Guess what? This is actually kind of fun. If you'll stop, you, you chose to come in this hole for some reason. <laughs> I think you were anticipating to be able to enjoy this. Let's, let's chill out and let's enjoy this. We're going to get through this. And that's how you and I should be for each other all the time, all the time, that we may have power together to grasp. How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ? And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. We've talked about this before and spent in a, an entire teaching session on this. But how do you know something that passes knowledge? Like, no knowledge. Those are supposed to go together. How am I supposed to know something that surpasses knowledge? You experience it. You experience it. You ever try to describe the, uh, a sunset and tell someone... Did you go, you know what? It was a beautiful fade between blue and orange and this other color I can't even name. Like, okay, that could come to anything. That could could be, you know, spilling two sodas together, and it'd be end up with this fade between the from the the blue fanta and the orange fanta. That's not a sunset. That's not a sunset. That doesn't describe it, but all of a sudden words fail. But when you experience it, ah, then you get it. Try to describe cheesecake. You just got to experience it. You just got to eat it and then eat some more because it's good. And it doesn't taste like cheese. Mike Hernandez doesn't taste like cheese. It's good. But you have its experience. Then you may be able to be filled to the full measure of the fullness of God. It's this thing where as we come in and we connect together. That that is where it happens and we begin to get a vision of what this begins to look like and the Holy Spirit begins to prompt us and then we run into this soulish part of us that begins to freak out about all things relational. Why? Because we will try to bring our driver's ed Instruction into relationships You remember being taught driver's ed That when you get out on the street, you're gonna be unalone You don't get the streets all to yourself. So there's some rules You've got to stay in your lane and let the other people have their lane cuties constantly telling me Brandon, please choose one (laughs) I was like Knickerbocker has lots of them people can go around and so But you're supposed to abide by these rules, you know. You're these great things called blinkers, people, that help others know what you're about to do or not do. And if you put it on, you need to do that. No psych. That's not right. To come up to an intersection with your right blinker on and then just blow through it, that's wrong. And so, but there's all these things and then some of you had somebody who's, who gave you this piece of advice. Because we're taught what kind of driving. Defensive driving. To drive like everyone is trying to kill you. <laughs> Has anybody ever been taught that? Said drive like everyone is trying to murder you. And you're going to be okay. And you know what? And f- For driving, for driving... That works. Why? Because you're not alone and you don't have any idea what the other guy is going to do. And these little phones and people trying to to stay connected with all those people that aren't even there. We need to put those away. Me too. And be aware of the people that are around us. And so, but I remember when my dad took me out for my first driving lesson. And I grew up in Odessa, Texas. And my dad worked for an oil company and had access to... Uh, lease roads out on oil lease. So he decided he was not going to put the rest of Odessa in peril and he took me out uh, To the lease roads and on a weekend when there was no other old guys out there And so we're I'm driving and before he lets me even move this car on this Kalichi Road Then he takes me and he puts me through the rigors and I, I learned the whole ten and two I learned this stuff and and he teaches me to scan and so on I'm, I'm not kidding that my dad sat there and just goes, "All right, look forward. Look in your rearview mirror. Look in your side mirror. Look at your gauges. Look in your rearview mirror. Look at your side mirror. Look at your gauges. Look at your rearview mirror, side mirror. Who was on the corner? <laughs> what? We haven't moved. But you didn't look at the corner. There was a little kid on a bike, and you killed him. Like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I'm never going to be able to drive." And so, and then finally, he let me get up and get the car going to 15 miles an hour, and I'm driving, and he's sitting there, being my brain from the passenger seat. All right, look forward. Scan to the right. Scan to the left. Look at your gauges. And just over and over again, and just pounding that there's just so much, and that I'm not alone out there, and there's other dangers. And guess what? When I hit the roads, I was ready to pay attention to those people that were around me because... I didn't want to hurt people, and I, I, I didn't want to get hurt. And, you know, when you get out on the road, then you're, you're a, a win is to make sure that you don't die, you don't kill, and you preferably don't break anything. That's a good win out on the road. And you fulfill your own personal agenda, get to where you want to go. And so many times we can then transfer and we can take that mindset and we can put it into when there's all sorts of interactions with people. Because sadly some of us grew up and maybe you're here this morning and you were told this by a parent of don't trust anyone. Don't trust anyone. People will hurt you, people will fail you. And some of somebody in here this this morning was was told that and it is it's it's wrecked your life. You've been completely unable To trust and to have any relationship that has any sort of real roots in it at all. And it's wrecked your life. And I'm here to tell you this morning that that is not the way God built us to live. God did not build us to keep everybody at an arm's distance and treat everybody like they're out to get us. It works in driving. It does not work in life. We cannot do it that way. But we can do that. We can do that in church relationships, where we come in and there's somebody sitting next to us, and we treat it like we do at the streetlight, where we don't make eye contact with the car next to us. Don't you hate it when you feel like the person next to you looking at you, and you don't know if you want to look at not, and you're hoping I know the, I hope I know this joker. Oh, I hope I know him, and then you're like, Do I look? Do I know? Do I not look? Yeah. They try to, like, scratch and, like, peek a look, see if you know who they are. And then if you don't know them, and you're like, oh, my goodness, seriously, where's my gun? What is about to go down here? And so many times we can do that where we come into church life, and we sit down, and there's the person on the other side of the aisle, and and we're like, man, I I don't don't know if I want to make, let's just get in here, let's just do church, and let's just get out of here. Because people can hurt you and people can fail you. And I've done this church thing before. And man, I tell you what, some of you, we're so thankful that here at Celebration Church, you decided to give church a try one more time. And we don't take that lightly. But I'm going to tell you, you're not going to get the fullness out of it if you try to still be alone in the middle of everybody. That's why we call this, this, <coughs> this morning called Alone-ish Because you can show up and other people be around and you still not be connected. Everybody looks and it looks like everything's going right, but it's just not the case. See, alone is not an issue of physical distance, but of heart distance. See, God tells us this and, and Jesus says in Matthew 15, 8, he says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They're giving me the lip service. They're making it look like there's some sort of connection, but man, their hearts are just not there. If we're really gonna cross over and to genuinely be an unalone, then we're gonna have to be willing to put our hearts on the line and not play the defensive driving of relationships anymore and risk, and risk a little injury because it's all about our hearts. See, what was so beautiful about the early church, and here we, we look at Acts chapter 2, and, and this is very, very early in the Christian church, and, and we look at verse 46, and it says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord had added to their numbers daily. Those who were being saved. Doesn't that sound like something that somebody would be ready to connect with and and, and be a part of? That this community of people who were able to just sit down and have a meal together and connect together and, and had glad and sincere hearts. They were happy and there was no fakeness, there was no mess, there was no pretense. My gosh, you and I long for that. We long for relationships where we can be the real us, where we can genuinely be loved, not for the image we put out on Instagram, but who we really, really are. We long for that. And if we will dare to trust that the Holy Spirit can work and to knit us together, then we can begin to step into this as a group, as a people. But it's not gonna happen if we play defensive relationships with our hearts. See, just like you can be alone when you're around people, you can be together when you're physically disconnected. You can be completely alone in the middle of a packed room, but man, you can be completely connected when you there's not another person in sight. Why? Because it's our hearts, it is our hearts. And here Paul is writing, and he's using the original social media letters. (laughs) That was the original, like, poke and posts and that kind of stuff. And so they would send letters. And so he writes a letter to the believers in Philippi. And so let's just pick up right at the beginning. Philippians 1, verse 1 says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all God's holy people in Philippi. Christ Jesus at Philippi together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. Man, don't we want those kinds of relationships that every time that person comes to mind, we just say thank you Lord for that person. Thank you Lord maybe you don't have any of those yet that could be a good place to start as you think of that person and all of the stuff that is annoying you or bothering you or any of that kind of stuff begins to come to mind or any of those issues maybe you can kind of pause that for a second and start that maybe you can have to do it on purpose and just pause and go god i thank you for that person i thank you that that person's in my life i thank you that you have plans for them and that it's no accident that we know each other and we're connected god i thank you every time i remember you in all my prayers for all of you i always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of christ that Paul is confident. He's got this relationship with these people that God's not through with them yet. So, if God's not through with them yet, because he says, I have confidence that he's gonna carry you to completion, that means God's not done with them. Well, if God's not done with them, then there's parts of them that are less than Christ like. It's easy to see that. There are parts of them that are less than Christ like. Well, guess what? Those parts of them that are less than Christ like are the parts that are gonna hurt, that are gonna disappoint. They're going to get in all the way and create the mess. Well, what is Paul's answer? He says his own answer to this. His own answer is he's convinced God's not done. So I'm just going to stay with you because I want to see what this is going to look like. You're going to hurt me. You're going to bother me. You're going to annoy me. You're going to disappoint me. But I know God's not done with you. So we're going to stay connected and stay together and grow it is so vital. He says, It's right for me to feel this way about you all, since I have you in my hearts, whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how, long, how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. Isn't this a beautiful beginning to a letter? All this joy and gratitude and thankfulness and connection and prayer you'd think that paul's writing this from like a, a really comfy spot you know he's really chill he's really relaxed he's had a really good day of ministry his heart overfloweth and he decides to pen a letter to the philippians and all this ooey gooey stuff that he's experiencing in his life right then just kind of comes flowing out of the pen and he sends it No. Paul's in prison. He is in chains. He's in prison with a death sentence on his head. This is a place where you would have thought he would have been saying, pray for me. This is wrong. I just said yes to Jesus and I'm in chains and they're going to kill me. I was just trying to do what God called me to do and here I am. Whoa, 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 mess, 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 poor me, poor me, poor me. And it is not what Paul writes at all. It's all about the other person and how awesome they are and how he's grateful and that they're connected. How amazing it is that, that the joy of these other relationships brings joy to Paul in the middle of a place where we would all give him a pass if he was pouty and upset. Said, so you know what, if I was thrown in jail for just trying to follow God and they were going to kill me, I think I'd be in a pretty bad mood. Not Paul. See, this thing of being connected with others, it changes everything. It's like it just changes the environment and the litmus and just the the pH of the whole thing. It changes everything. See, doing life together helps us get over the difficult parts of life. How, I I tell you what, it doesn't matter What's going on with my life? I love walking in my front door and coming in, and, and there may be toys everywhere, and there may be stuff to deal with, and there may be bills to pay and all that stuff, but man, I tell you what, the fact that I, the people I love the most are sitting right there, and I get to connect with them, I tell you it just, ah, it just fills me. I can deal with anything. Because of the joy of being connected with others. We go on. um, Paul continues to write in verse 12. He says, Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. He's in chains. He's got a death sentence. But you know what? It's really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. I am being beat down and others are getting bold. Oh, this is a win. We can't be stopped. Together we can't be stopped. And Paul sees it and loves it. See, the truth is, doing life together helps us focus on what is truly Truly important. How many times when we begin to focus on ourselves that we can have our day ruined by something when, in retrospect, is petty? I only got two shots in my three-shot drink. Two. Espresso. <laughs> Sorry. it's just doing Starbucks here. Starbucks. Espresso. Stay with me, people. <laughs> Let's go to the scriptures. <laughs> Luke 9, 49 says, Master, said John, because here's what happens. You get focused on yourself, and all of a sudden, you find enemies everywhere. You get focused on you, and you can find opposition all over the place. <clears throat> Master, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name. He's talking to Jesus. Someone's driving out demons in Jesus' name. Would we all agree Jesus is, 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 is awesome? And demons being driven out is really, really good. Okay? So, so far, this sounds like pretty good stuff. Master, we saw someone driving out demons in your name. And Jesus is ready, you think, to like give a high five. Boom, knuckle bump. Yes. But John keeps talking. And he says, and we tried to stop him. They were driving out demons in the name of Jesus. And when they tried to stop him, why? Because he's not one of us. (sighs) Because he's not one of us. I shudder to think of the things in my life, the good things that was happening that I was against because I somehow wasn't affiliated with it because I didn't understand what was happening on the other side. I shudder to think the places where I was John. And you know what? I made a decision. I Consciously, I don't ever want to do that ever again. I don't ever want to do that again. And see, Jesus replies to him, don't stop him. (laughs) Let's get the demons out. Don't stop him, Jesus said, for whoever is not against you is for you. You're so focused on you, well, then let's go ahead and put prayer. If somebody's not straight up against you, just let's consider them being on your side, that they're apart. Well, then a little bit later in Luke 11, 23 jesus is talking and he says something similar but it's not about the the disciples it's now talking about himself and he says jesus says in luke eleven twenty-three, 23 he says whoever is not with me is against me and whoever does not gather with me scatters so the definitive is is that as far as us there's going to be a lot more that are with us than we recognize But Jesus says he's the dividing line. If they're not for him, they're against him. Well, okay, well, now what happens? What happens when someone is for Jesus and against us? They're like straight up against you, but they're for Jesus. Because then it like pops true on both statements. Well, how do we navigate this? Thank goodness. Paul's letter to Philippians, we happen to already be reading. Verse 15, we see Paul deal with this. Philippians 1.15, he says, It's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. That some are preaching Christ out of the wrong motives. He said, there, it's true. There are some people who preach Jesus... Out of the wrong motives. He says it's true. It happens. It happens. Others, they're doing it out of goodwill, the right heart. He says the latter, the, the good group, do it in love. Knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. And the former, the ones with envy and rivalry, preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely. Supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while i am in chains so here it is there's a group of people who are for jesus and opposing paul they're preaching jesus even out of wrong motives he even just straight up says their motives are jacked up and they're opposing paul so how is paul supposed to respond how does he he shows us how to do it he says but what does it matter the important thing is that in every way whether From false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Guess who he's going to side with? Whoever sides with Jesus. Even if they side against Paul directly. So you know what, you and I, as long as we side with those who side with Jesus, even if they think that we're doing church all wrong, Even if they think we interpret the Bible all wrong. Even if they attack and say negative things about you or I or us as individuals or whoever. If they side with Christ, then we're going to side with them. We're going to stand on the side of Jesus and we're going to be those who stay connected and not let the enemy come in here and create tension and division. See folks, our bottom line this morning is together in heart, together in life. If we can keep our hearts connected, then we can stay together through life. As soon as there begins to be a rift there, then the end has already, already come. I want us, me, you, all of us, to let's let this year be a time when we let God build and nurture the relationships in our lives. Maybe there are some that are extra difficult Ask God to move there. Be thankful for that that person exists. They're not an accident. God loves them. Begin to cry out for God's heart for them. As soon as we begin to do this us versus them thing, then we're going to find ourselves on the wrong side of the equation and us getting rebuked by Jesus. I don't want to be on that side we're going to do this thing and really connect and see God move in our community like never before, it isn't going to just happen in this building. We want it to happen in every place that, every bo- that believers gather together under the name of Christ all over this community. We want to see God move and change lives all over this community. And it's, we're not going to get to genuinely be a part of it until we connect at our heart level.